today's show, we have our new diocesan chancellor, Thad Pals. We'll be here. He's going to tell us a little bit about himself, where he came from, why he decided to apply for and accept the chancellor position. But mostly we hear about his conversion story, which is uh, very interesting. It's very emotional. It's very rare that we hear someone, especially a man, get emotional about their conversion story, but he really does. It's a beautiful story. I hope you'll stick around to hear it. I, I had to, I ratted him out because if you don't watch the video, you wouldn't have maybe known that he, was, <laughs> that he was emotional, but he is. So first we have Dr. Chris Bergwald here for some Biblical Bites with Dr. B. I'm excited to, I, I, I've been meaning for some time now to ask Thad his conversion story. Mm-hmm. So now first I'll watch the yeah, there the, you go. The interview, there and then go. I'll follow yeah. up with my questions for him. Yeah. Hey, Renee. Hey. What's today, Renee? I think it's the sixth Sunday of Easter. It is indeed. What's next Sunday? Is it Pentecost? Yet? No. Um, uh, Ascension. Yeah. Ascension Sunday. It's Ascension is wah, first. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Jesus <laughs> rises and then yes. says. Yeah. You should have just said seventh Sunday. Well, then I'd be wrong. Oh, the next Sunday yeah. is the seventh Sunday? Yes, but I should have. That's not true, though. It is Ascension Sunday. Right. It's not the seventh See, Sunday of Easter. You don't even recognize it as seventh? No, because there is a seventh Sunday of Easter where the Ascension is still still celebrated on uh, Thursday. And in a diocese where they celebrate it that way. Then, then next Sunday seventh. is the seventh Sunday of Easter. That's awesome. But thanks for playing, Elise. Hey, you know, <laughs> we learn something new every day. Right, exactly. <laughs> Especially when Dr. B is involved. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, here we go. That's all right. Moving along. So the the first reading for today, the sixth Sunday of Easter. Uh, so, yeah, we are coming down to it. A couple more weeks. Um, the, the first reading is one of my favorite uh, little narratives, little stories as told in Acts of the Apostles. It's about, so this is what it says. Philip went down, <laughs> not to Georgia. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ to them. With one accord, the crowds paid attention to what was said by Philip when they heard it and saw the signs he was doing. For unclean spirits crying out in a loud voice came out of many possessed people, and many paralyzed or crippled people were cured. There was great joy in that city. And then we go on to hear about how the apostles are also sent when they hear about everything that Philip is doing in Samaria. Peter and John come down and basically confirm them. Mm -hmm. But I want to focus on the first portion of this. Um, who's Philip? Uh, Philip is one of the apostles. He is, but that's actually not this Philip. So this is really... Oh, this is a different Philip? This is a different Philip. Okay. So... Um, I think I heard that once before, but I didn't remember that. Yeah, so... so this Philip is one of the seven men who were chosen and ordained as deacons sure. a couple of chapters earlier okay. in Acts of the Apostles. Deacons, not priests. Deacons, okay. not not. And at this point, I mean, if you're a priest, oh. you're an apostle. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. so <laughs> okay, sure. So there is Philip the apostle. But uh, what's unfolding here? This is Acts chapter eight. This is right after Stephen's martyrdom at the hands of Saul, a.k.a. Paul. Um, And we read at the beginning of chapter 8, not this reading, but right before it, um, that because of the persecution that broke out uh, because of Saul, Mm -hmm. uh, many of the Christians fled Jerusalem except for the apostles. So all the apostles stay in Jerusalem. That's one way we know that this is not Philip the apostle. Oh, okay. Uh, so we, but so there's there's two Philips on the scene in early ch- the early chapters of Acts. One of them is Philip the Apostle, mm-hmm. 
The other is the man chosen and ordained as Philip the deacon or Philip the evangelist. Uh, he'll, he'll pop up uh, in the next chapter as well. But he goes down to the city of Samaria. Uh, and again, down, when you when most of us, what does that mean? I'm up south, usually. Right, usually. But in this case, down, so Samaria is actually north of Judea. He's going down because down Jerusalem up. is, yes. yes I remember. Yes, you do remember. <laughs> I remember some uh, Even without Elise having not dropped the map yet. Right, right. Or, I mean, usually you Put just sometimes... You have to tell us ahead of time. Uh, well, that's true. Fine, fine. Do all your work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so he goes down with one accord. So, so remember the Samaritans. Mm-hmm. They're the they're the distant cousins, the half-blooded heretics of the Jews. That's why the Jews really can't stand them. But with one accord, we're told, they paid attention to what was said by Philip when they heard it and saw the signs that he was doing. And we've talked about this a time or two, and it's come up, especially in the context of the work of evangelization in our diocese, especially with Set of Blaze. Signs and wonders accompanied the apostles, and not just the apostles, but also in this case, Philip. Right. So, um, Philip, uh, the Samaritans accept and believe the gospel of Jesus Christ is proclaimed by Philip because he doesn't just say it, he shows it. Right. And he doesn't just show it in how he's living, he shows it by the signs and wonders that the Lord wants to work through him. So, I want to be clear this is not Philip, hey, I'm going to work some miracles. (laughs) This is the Lord deciding, I'm going to to manifest my power in a great way through Philip to bring about the conversion of the Samaritans. And we are invited to be as open to that possibility as Philip was then in our own lives today, to proclaim the gospel by word and deed. Yeah, it'd be great to see a lot of that all over our diet. Amen. You. you bet. In the studio with me today, I have our brand new chancellor for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, Thad Pals. Welcome, Thad. Thad. Thank you. Glad yeah. to be here. Yeah, I almost, I don't know what I was going to say for your first name, but I've been having trouble with first names this morning. I called my longtime social media manager a different name this morning. And I was like, well, I, could, I would say it's Monday, but it's not. Well, to help you out, my name is Thad. It's not Thaddeus, so it, right. people get confused, but so it's, you, it's just Thad. So it's not, a sh- it's not short for Thaddeus? No. Okay. That's good to know. Not I'll, sure why. But whenever they, you're in trouble, I'll not call you Thaddeus. I didn't have a, I didn't have a choice when they named me. So. <laughs> right. You did not. <laughs> well, I'm really glad you came in. Uh, we wanted you to come in to, first of all, introduce you to the diocese uh, as our new chancellor. Um, how many weeks? Uh, almost two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's Long time. <laughs> <laughs> Longer than some people, probably. I don't know. You might still be the newest person here. That's okay. <laughs> we, we love you. So um, we wanted you to tell us your conversion story because you're telling me you have a good conversion story. Well, I don't know if it's good, but <laughs> it is a conversion story. It is a so. conversion story. And they're they're good to hear because uh, a lot of times people, especially cradle Catholics, are just like, oh, I've just been Catholic my whole life. I don't really understand this conversion thing. It's good to hear it because we can have a huge effect on people's lives. You just never know who, what kind of seeds you're planting. So I'm curious to hear that. So let's start. Um, will you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, college, those kind of things? Sure. Uh, I grew up in Orange City, Iowa, so I am very Dutch. Uh, I think hundred. I, I think a hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. So grew up in Orange City, great place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible parents, uh, grandparents. Um, if you know Orange City, it is. Where is it? It's Northwest Iowa. Okay. Um, it's okay. only like an hour and fifteen minutes from Sioux Falls. Okay. Sure. But very Christian town. I mean. 
I didn't know people that didn't go to church. Uh, now, with that said, there wasn't a Catholic church in town either. Oh, wow. So I heard all of the things that um, Protestants hear about the Catholic church, which are all wrong, right? right? And so grew up just not knowing anything about the Catholic church. Uh, I went, uh, Orange City basically had two different churches or different Protestant churches, either a Dutch Reformed or a Christian Reformed. Okay. I didn't go to either one of those. Okay. So I was really one of the oddballs in Orange City. Sure. I went to a Christian and Missionary Alliance church which everyone looks at me with a dumb look on their face like yeah, you have on yeah. right now. I'm like, I have going, no what idea is what that? that is. <laughs> I would call it a conservative Baptist okay, um, sure, type sure. of church. So, yeah. um, But great place. Uh, went Sunday morning, Sunday night, middle of the week. Was very involved in youth group. Um, we, you get to know the Bible very well. We do get to know the well, Bible very well. Yes. Uh, <laughs> memorize verses. Um, there was a, something I think it was called BMA, Bible Memory Association. Mm-hmm. And each week you had depending on your age, you had so many Bible verses that you would memorize each week. And then as you did so many weeks, then you'd get prizes. Wow. So things like that. Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> That's amazing. I know it was, it was, uh, it was a great way to, to be oh, brought up. Yeah, um, yeah. great town, very clean town. Um, Tula Festival every year, every year, oh, nice. that sort of thing. So, yeah. um, but yeah, very involved in, in school. Um, was very musical, marching band, athletic, oh. uh, basketball, um, you I name see it. that. You yeah. know, I, it's a small town. You do everything. Yes, you do. So I played cello. I played percussion. I sang. I played piano for a while. Um, don't ask me to do many of those right well, now, but um, <laughs> I can still do percussion. We have some some things in common I didn't know. I played uh, drums when I was in high school. Oh, really? Too. Okay. Yeah. And, and very Dutch. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, so I'll just kind of fast forward. But yeah. all through high school, very involved in a youth group. Um, went to SDSU. And uh, was right away, because I'm come from Orange City, the first thing that on my mind was I've got to find a good Christian community sure. to get involved with. And um, someone on my floor was in Campus Crusade for Christ. Oh, so sure. he invited me to, to that meeting, and right away I became involved in Campus Crusade for Christ. Um, and it was great. I mean, had a really good core group of friends um, and uh, did a lot of things. Yeah. I mean, over the course of the, the four years, I did a a missionary trip to Newport Beach, California. Okay. I'm not sure how that's really a missionary trip when you're going to Newport Beach, but it was a, it was a fun summer <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, you know, you're, you're witnessing out on the beach, yeah. you know, talking to people about Christ and, uh, the four spiritual laws is what we used. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there was much fruit from that, um, other than it was a really good experience sure. and, you know, really took you out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. and you really had to believe yeah. what you believe. Yep. Um, and so, you know, all through college, I was very involved in marching band uh, for the most part, and I majored in music and in business. Okay. So a little combination, which yeah. ultimately turned into playing for about 15 years in the South Dakota Symphony Ooh, wow. um, as a percussionist. That not that good. <laughs> <laughs> Even played at Christmas at the cathedral several nice. times. So, um, yeah, that, that, okay. how that all went, went down. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, um, you know, that's, that's kind of my long and short history. Yeah. Um, you were but, married? Uh, not yes. yet, not, not yet. Okay. Um, my senior year uh, in marching band, I uh, ran into this freshman girl oh. who was at the time a Dakota Deb, if that brings back memories it, from it anybody. No. Um, so the marching band would play four songs every halftime. I think it was the second or third song. The whole band would stand still and the Dakota Debs would come out. They're, oh. they're cheerleaders. Sure. And yep. they would do a dance and whatever else. At any rate, uh, well, one of them caught my eye. And so, <laughs> so it was also, I think it was the centennial or something of South Dakota. And we went to Pier to March um, in November 
of all times of the year. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, we uh, we just started hanging out in Pierre, South Dakota, and uh, I found out she was Catholic, which I was like, uh oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> But well, I like you. But you I, have to yeah, be she's kind of cute, you know. <laughs> so you have to be Catholic, and really, again, didn't run into many Catholics. Sure. Um, those that I knew, um, just never talked about their faith. So at any rate, um, I decided, well, I'll ask her if she'll go to church with me, and if she does, well, maybe there's hope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, she did. You know, <laughs> so she started going to church, church with me in Brookings. And we dated for a year. I'll fast forward a little bit. Dated okay. for a year. Um, and then we're married um, a year later. Okay. So a year of engagement after that. Sure. And um, moved down to, we were in Vermilion, South Dakota, okay. of all places. I had started uh, a man, a MBA program in Vermilion. Um, no offense to anyone from Vermilion. Did not care for the town yeah. or the school. Sorry. Yeah. I'm an SDSU jackrabbit. <laughs> Through and through. <laughs> so, just made a few enemies so, there. <laughs> yeah, I just did. Oh, well. Um, but uh, we, uh, after a semester of that, uh, we got we got married and decided, you know what? This MBA program's not for me. I can't. Right. It just it just wasn't for me. Mm -hmm. So we just found jobs like sure. everybody did, lived on love, mm -hmm. right? Of course. <laughs> no money, but a lot of love. <laughs> yes. And uh, lived in Vermilion for a, f a few months. And then through a series of events, um, Jenny actually got a job back in Sioux Falls, okay. where she's from originally. Mm -hmm. um, charter member of St. Michael's, uh, she and her family. Mm -hmm. So um, she got a job back in Sioux Falls, and we'd drive back and forth. And then shortly thereafter, I found a job in Sioux Falls and uh, started our careers here in, sure. in Sioux sure. Falls. Okay. Um, kind of fell into banking. Okay. And basically, I've had a 30-year career in, in banking and various other positions, but all, sure. all dealing with with finance, credit card, on the credit card side mostly. Sure, okay. Um, and that's really been my career um, okay. up till now. Okay, yeah, yeah, it's a big change now. <laughs> yeah. And Jenny was in uh, uh, financial planning, yeah. et cetera, okay. so. A um, couple kids? I don't, I don't know how we've, many. We've had a couple kids, yeah, yeah. we've had five. A five, just yep. a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> um, 27 down to 17. Okay, so. so you have one more at home. One more at home. Oh boy. Yeah. And at any rate, we'll get back to my story, yes. of my conversion story. Yeah, I think please, that's what we're supposed please. to talk about. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and, no, that's fine. Yeah, tell us, please, um, how that happened. So when we got married, the kind of the decision that we had made together was that we wouldn't go to the Catholic church, but I, I said, well, I'll send my kids to Catholic school. Okay. Number one, I knew there were great schools. Right. Right. So that was kind of our compromise. And that worked um, for a while, but we started what all Protestants do. You, you shop for your church, right? right? If I liked the church, she didn't. If she liked the church, I didn't. Mm -hmm. And, you know, after going to about every denomination in town, uh, we ended up at Central Baptist, which is Central Church now. Mm -hmm. And that's probably where we spent the most time of the first 11 years of our of our marriage. Sure. Um, so that 11th year of marriage, we were expecting our fourth child. Um, and my dad actually invited me to go to Promise Keepers, okay. which is a Protestant male. Um, I don't like know. a men's group. Well, it's uh, not. A, it's a it's a big rally. Oh, um, that's right. Yes, yeah. convention, whatever right. you want to call it. Right. Anyway, it was up in Minneapolis, so I hopped on a bus uh, with him and a bunch of guys from his his men's group at church, and there was one Catholic on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> like, who is this? Well, I mean, you know, they start kind of hounding him for questions and whatnot. And he actually kind of knew his faith mm -hmm. um, and was responding, which I'd never really heard the Catholic viewpoint at all. Right. 
Um, didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but at the same time I was like, God, they're really picking on this guy. <laughs> you know? So we got up to uh, the Excel center in Minneapolis or in St. Paul rather. And it was weird at that point. All of a sudden I walked in the door and it was like, I heard this voice that said, you've tried every denomination, but Catholic uh-huh. and it's time to get your family on the same page. Right. Right. So that's important. It is. Yeah. And so that whole weekend long, I don't think I said two words, which wow. is kind of unusual for me. So it was a weekend. It was uh, a weekend. Yeah. Okay. Um, and rode back on the bus and went home. And this whole time, that's all I could hear in my head was you tried everything but Catholic. This is this was a very emotional thing for you because because yes. if you aren't watching the video, I'll, I'm going to rat you out just a little bit. Um, <laughs> that is getting a little choked up. Yes. So that was an emotional moment for you because you you heard God talking. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I so, uh, went back home uh, the next week. I told Jenny, I said, well, let's go to St. Michael's. Mm-hmm. After I picked her up off the floor. Um, <laughs> we for being went, in shock. For being in shock. Uh, we, went, we went to St. Michael's uh-huh. and, you know, as all good, you know, Christians do, you read the bulletin while the homily's going on. And <laughs> you're not even supposed to pick it up until after church. Then. Oh, okay. Well, at that point, they handed about on the way in. At any rate, um, so uh, reading and I'm like, RCIA what right of Catholic? I said, what? I'm like, what is this? She's like, well, that's where you go to learn about the Catholic faith. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go <laughs> again. I had to pick her up off the floor after, <laughs> after she was in shock. Right. And I started going to RCA. It started the following week. So timing was wow. everything yeah. in this whole, whole process. Mm-hmm. And, um, I'll do a shout out to father Joe Vogel, who oh, was priest of the time. Yes. And, uh, you know, great, great guy, great, great man great of faith. Priest. And, uh, you know, he just, he knew what he believes and he could explain it to you very well. So I think that was key. He's very real. Yeah. Which is yes, one very of the real. things about him. Yeah. And it's black and white. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so started going through RSA and, you know, you get your handouts each week and whatever else. And, and they were fine, but it was like, there's gotta be more. Right. Well, the, the lay person that was leading the RSA had this box full of, I'm dating myself, cassette tapes. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't eight track, they were cassette, I mean, <laughs> but, um, had cassette tapes and he said, Hey, just take what you want. All I ask is that you return them. So I started taking tapes every week and listening to these things in my car, Scott Hahn, um, mm-hmm. you know, I could name a bunch, yep. but I, I won't just for the sake of time. But I was just, I was devouring this material Yeah. and just went through our CIA. And I think it was about two weeks before Easter. And I don't think Jenny even knew what if I was going to decide to oh, become right, Catholic or not at that point. Right. You don't have to. Right. You don't have to. But I just, I was convicted by a couple of things. Mm-hmm. Um, the main one obviously being the Eucharist, right. John chapter six. Right. I don't know. I don't remember what we did as Protestants, how we get around that whole chapter. <laughs> I, I've always wanted to ask someone who really like, did you talk about that chapter or did it oh, yeah. just kind of, did you just kind of blow over it? I don't honestly don't remember. remember. Yeah. I mean, I, we obviously read it, right? Um, but we just, it just didn't sink in. Mm-hmm. You know, how many times Jesus says, you know, this is my body, this is my blood. And then everybody deserts him. Right. I mean, if it was a, you know, if it was just a, a symbol, why would they leave? And why would he let them? And why would he let them? Yeah. So that was the main reason that I came into the church was the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. The second thing was, you know, you, you think about it logically, um, you know, when Peter, when Jesus gives Peter the keys to the kingdom and you 
you know, hear about, you know, how did this church last for 2000 years without some form of hierarchy and some form of obviously someone being led by the Holy Spirit and everything. And there's a lot of confusion about the Pope right. It's Peter, the Pope, you know, and all the whole succession and whatever else there's been good, great popes. There's been bad popes, right. um, but they're all human. And, you know, I just sat there going, if this is true, that makes total sense. Why is there 24,000 or I don't know how many there are now, 30 some thousand different denominations. Why has the Catholic church who's in every country in the world, how did it all stay together? Right. I mean, that's, that's crazy. We're all humans. We all, I mean, we, There's a we lot fight. Of messing I mean, we fight, right? We mess <laughs> yes. up. And, you know, the more I learned about Catholicism, the more I realized that there's not many change, differences between Catholic and Protestant. Right. You know, there's it a is. Few key ones. It's the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. It's the, you know, the Pope and his authority. Mm -hmm. And those are the two big ones, right? And so once I got those things straight in my mind, you know, then it was like, okay, if I make this decision, it's generational. Mm -hmm. It's going to affect my kids. Yep. What if I'm wrong? Another emotional spot for me. <laughs> um, it's, it's, you know what, though, Thad, it's really good to see someone be emotional about this stuff, especially a man. Because men, a lot of times, we don't, they don't let that show. So thank you. Um, okay. Thanks for giving me time to recoup. <laughs> You're um, That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I said to Jenny, I'm going to join the church. Mm -hmm. Third time I picked her off the floor. Um, but I said, I have to tell my parents first. And so my folks knew I was in RCIA. Um, I told them, and this kind of probably was my real reason for going into RCIA, was to prove that the Catholic Church was wrong so oh, that, sure. you know, yep. I didn't have to deal with yep. it anymore. Yep. You know, makes sense. Yeah. You know, and so I met with my parents. Um, Jenny and I did. We met them. Um, they were in Okaboji, so we met them, I think it was in Worthington or somewhere. Mm -hmm. at a, and we just sat down and, and had dinner. And I had written a letter basically saying, you know, these are the reasons I'm decided to join the Catholic church, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the response was tears. <laughs> um, the response was, I wish you would have given us more time. Our pastor is a former Catholic <laughs> in our church. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> um, that makes it interesting. <laughs> you know, and I, and I actually said, I said, well, I'd love to meet with them. Cause I, I do, I want, I wanted to make sure I was making sure. the right decision. Absolutely. Um, and he said, no, I think you've made up your mind and it's, you know, there's not enough time between now and Easter. It was a week away. So I made the mind, my mind up. And, uh, um, you know, there, my, my father has since passed away, sure. but, but we could talk about it. Good. And uh, my mom is totally accepting of it, good. et cetera. So That's so good to hear. It is really good. So I can go totally the other yeah. way. I can't say that anyone else in my family is, has become Catholic. Sure. <laughs> but yeah. at the same time, um, it's, it's been neat. Um. And so at any rate, um, here you are. <laughs> so here we are. How long ago was that? 20 years ago. 20 years. And the only reason I remember that is because number four, oh, uh, was born, uh, that year. So, and she'll be 20 this, this coming, uh, September. And now your, your kids, I assume are, uh, also in the Catholic church, at least as much as they, as sometimes, much as, as much as, as, as much as they, um, will cooperate. Sure. Yes. Um, you know, I think all, all of us as parents have, have kids that, have left the church and it takes yep. some kind of special, you know, something or other to get them back in it, the church. It doesn't. It's very often not the parents who can. Right. Do it. 
Right. So. So, but we did, as I as I promised Jenny up front, we did send our kids through Catholic school yep. all the way, yep. all the way through. Yeah. And uh, I kind of joked that my my uh, summer home is on Kiwanis and Forty First, <laughs> but <laughs> but or, or my spring or my lake home rather. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So yeah, I mean that's and that's kind of the story. Yeah. I mean I wish I could say it was bliss after that, but oh, uh, yeah, no, the thing, because it's real life. Yeah, but the thing that just I love the most about this faith is that you never stop learning. Yeah. There is so much. I mean, so my denomination that I went to before of, you know, 75, 100 years, whatever it was, there's not much history there right. to learn. The Catholic Church, I mean, with all the saints, with all the, you know, the early church fathers, mm -hmm. uh, how many were martyred for this faith and for the Eucharist, how many priests have run into burning buildings to save the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. um, it's just an amazing it's just an amazing story. It is. And so, you know, if anything, what I tell people that are searching is that search for truth. Because, mm -hmm. you know, Pilate said, what is truth? And with so much relativism out there today, it's hard to find the truth. Mm -hmm. And I found it. Yeah. It's in the church. It's in the church. That That was a great story. You were right. It's a good one. You said, well, I know it's long. It can fit 20 minutes. Yep, I know. <laughs> and I knew I was going to get emotional. So, so and, and what's really great is, so Thad has really embraced his faith. Uh, they, he and his family go to uh, Holy Spirit, where I go. Uh, he's in the choir. Uh, you do, men's group. Um, yep, men's group. Uh, you're also a Eucharistic, Eucharistic minister, minister. Right? Yep. Yep. Um, I should, extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. Well, uh, Dr. Burkwell. If you want to be official. Yeah, if right. you want to be official. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, we only have like a minute left, and I don't know if you can tell me this in a minute, but what made you decide to apply for chancellor? Can you, can you say that in a minute? Well, I've done 20 years in the banking and finance industry, and, you know, after a while, you get really, really comfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing that I think people need to watch out for is comfort, yes. whether it's in your marriage, in your job, whatever. Yep. And so I just needed something different, and I had applied for a position with the foundation. Oh, sure. And they decided not to hire for that position. Um, that's right because Mark was retiring and they wanted mm -hmm. to replace him, et cetera. Well, then a month or two later, I noticed, oh, Mark's, Mark Gonzemius' position is, they're advertising for this, what in the world? So I called him up and he said, well, let's have lunch. And he told me about the chancellor position and then he said, I think he'd be great for it. I said, well, what does the chancellor do? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> I learn every day something new, other than I wear a lot of hats and a lot, yes. I do a lot of administrative type things um, yes. for the bishop. So. Yeah. It's uh, been a great learning experience, a lot of fun, incredible people here, and it's just going to be such a pleasure to serve the priests and the bishop and uh, the lady of uh, the great, you know, Eastern South Dakota. Yeah, yeah. So, you have big shoes to fill behind Matt Altoff, but I think you're doing big, really good so far. Very big shoes. Yeah. And if I'm half as half as good as he was... You'll be great. You'll, I'll be great. You'll be, you'll be <laughs> as good or better, and Matt would tell you the same thing. He's always, always very gracious, though. Right? You so. bet. I'm glad you came here to uh, join us at the Chancery and Chancellor. So glad you liked so far. It's been. And this was a really great story. Thanks for, thanks, thanks for having me. Yeah. If you haven't found us already on social media, you can find us at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and at Rumble, all at SF Diocese is our handle. And you can always find us at sfcatholic.org anytime to find out uh, whatever you need to about the diocese. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views.